Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode, this week's episode of Talking Sports with Evan. Lots have happened since I did a show last, which was recapping the Packers' victory over the Washington Football Club. The Packers have defeated the uh, Arizona Cardinals, dropping their record to 7-1 and and proving the Packers' record to 7-1 and with a 24-21 victory over Arizona, a very dominating victory although the score does not really indicate it the Packers in control the entire game and able to steal that um, that victory for them and improve to seven and one since that has happened the Packers had a mini bye week and getting ready for the Kansas City Chiefs who even though their record is not that great they're still a pretty solid team but now the Packers as we found out during the week get to do it without Aaron Rodgers, which is making things even more difficult moving forward for the fact that you know Rodgers was a big reason why they were able to uh, beat Arizona. And with Aaron Rodgers, regardless of the injuries that we've seen with the Packers this season, it doesn't matter. The Packers find ways to win because Aaron Rodgers gives you chances to win no matter what you have around you. Well, now they get to try to beat the Kansas City Chiefs without Aaron Rodgers as he tested positive for covid and he will have to sit out the Kansas City Chiefs game, and his status in the Seattle Seahawks game the following week is in question as he is not eligible to return until Saturday before the game. So that happened this week. So lots to discuss, lots to digest, lots to break down, and I'm going to you know, mostly focus on the Packer-Chiefs game. I'm going to go around the NFL and give my thoughts and predictions for the other games around the NFL. And before I do go into any of that, I am going to give a little bit of thought about the whole Aaron Rodgers saga because we've heard a lot of uh, comments, a lot of a lot of issues, a lot of conversation coming out, especially after Rodgers uh, his unfortunate interview on. Pat McAfee, where there are things in Pat McAfee's show that he talked about that I don't necessarily disagree with, but also things in that interview that I do strongly disagree with. And I'm going to kind of give that uh, my thought on that a little bit as, you know, too. So that's where I'm going to start. And after I, we talk some NFL and some Packers, I'm going to try to talk some Bucks fans off a cliff as the Bucks gave up a 20-point first quarter lead and lost by 15. So My thoughts on Aaron Rodgers. Comments that I've seen since it came out that Aaron Rodgers has tested positive and he is uh, not vaccinated. Um, I'm seeing people coming out calling him a liar, say he misled. um, He misled people in their in in their thoughts. And I honestly disagree when you say he's a liar. And I know it's going to be an unpopular thought here, but to me, Aaron Rodgers said what he felt was the truth at the time. He never said he was vaccinated. He said he was immunized. And there is a slight difference. And the thing is, he didn't have the typical COVID-19 vaccination. He, at the time, did some kind of regimen that he felt was going to be approved, felt was going to be passed, Um, by the NFL, he thought he was going to win his appeal. So at the time, on August 26th, August 27th, when he commented that he was, in fact, immunized against COVID-19, 
I truly felt he was he felt he was telling the truth because I think he felt he was going to win that appeal. And unfortunately, he didn't. So he was then seen as an unvaccinated player. Well, you know, the Packers didn't come out and publicly state now that he was unvaccinated. The uh the NFL didn't come out and say he was unvaccinated. Rodgers never came out and said he was unvaccinated. And there was no follow-up questions to, the, to that comment that Rodgers made that he was immunized. So, so I, I don't believe, and it might sound naive, and I'm sure a lot of people are going to say I'm naive, but I don't feel he lied or misled now, the one thing he possibly, you know, possibly screwed up at is when he's doing his interviews, press, uh, pregame, postgame, midweek, whatever, in the auditorium, eh, maybe he could have wore a mask. And if he didn't want to, you know, he, if he didn't want to give away that he was not vaccinated by NFL standards, he probably could have had an excuse on why he was wearing a mask, just trying to be respectful of those people in the room since even vaccinated, you can't still get it and spread it. So he's trying to be respectful. I'm sure there's other things he could have came up with. So fast forward, Aaron Rodgers jumped on Pat McAfee's show. And I think it was good that he came out and spoke his side of what's going on because he's been dragged over the fire, called a liar, a hypocrite, um, all sorts of names. So he, he wanted to kind of tell his side of the story, get his 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 uh, his truth out there. And this is where I have multiple, I, I have differing opinions of what Rodgers had to say. And Rodgers first came out talking about how he's going to be canceled due to the woke mob and the cancel culture and whatnot. All, all mad, and as soon as he said that, I knew it was going to be a rough interview with Pat McAfee because he's already coming on hostile and rude and yeah so he's talking about he's claiming that he had an allergy uh to uh, ingredient in the COVID mrna vaccines um the specific protocol as he comments i'm just going to keep between my doctors and myself um that he but he took a homeopathic path due to him having an allergy to the COVID mrna vaccine so as he said Pfizer and Moderna are out. He was uncomfortable with the Johnson & Johnson vaccine due to some f side effects that at one point was taken off the shelf due to um, people f having a potential blood clot from it. Okay, that is really where he should have stopped. And I, and I think, now if he would have said that in August, I think we would have been more understanding. And if he would have stopped right there, if he would have stopped kind of right there, and I think we would have been more understanding. You know, I, I took a, a different approach to taking care of my health and my myself um, due to my allergies against the mRNA vaccines. Um, the NFL and I were in, uh, talking and in a, uh, trying to explain to them the situation and get a, some kind of exemption, allowing me to take part in what I did to better take care of myself and the NFL, um, the NFL decided, no, we're not, um, we're not accepting it. And he, he should have left it at that. The NFL then said they weren't accepting it. So since the NFL 
did not accept my uh, my treatment choice. I was then deemed an unvaccinated player, and I've do- I've done everything asked me as an unvaccinated player, aside from being in the media auditorium unmasked. And I'm not the only player, and we're not the only team that has had this happen as well. You know, he he if he says something like that. Probably doesn't have as much of the the crap storm that has come out of it, but that is what we have now due to the talking points he used. Even though he's saying that he's not anti-vaccine, he's for getting it. If you if it's if you're gonna have you know if it's in be- your best interest, go get it. Um, he came across sounding very anti-science, anti-vaccine. That's what he came across as. So he, he, he probably should have just stopped. He probably should have just stopped with the, I had an allergy to the Moderna and Pfizer ingredients, and I was uncomfortable with the Johnson. He should have just stopped right there. And instead he tries to dig himself into a deeper hole. And as I said, there are some things he talked about that I didn't, I don't necessarily disagree with. Um, he talked about how, since this has started, all we've done is push, push, push the restrictions and the protocol, but we haven't talked about eating right, exercising daily, drinking water, uh, basically doing steps to take care of yourself and your health. We haven't talked about that at all. All we've talked about is wear a mask, social distance, stay home, stay six feet away, get the vaccine. That's all we've talked about. And I, I, I am one that I agree to get the vaccine. I'm vaccinated. I got my booster shot. But I think we also have to talk about how somebody can better their health as well. So I, I agreed there. But one of the areas where Rogers lost everybody um, is when he brought up <laughs> Joe Rogan. I, I spoke with Joe Rogan on why um, um, on how to you know take care of myself after I got COVID my good friend Joe Rogan. And I honestly think he knew exactly what he was doing back in August. I think he knew exactly what he was doing yesterday. And unfortunately, it's annoying. So with that said, the the Packers now have to play the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday, tomorrow, the day of my recording. It's Saturday, November 6th. They now have to take on the Kansas City Chiefs with no Aaron Rodgers. And I've heard every excuse in the book on why the Packers aren't going to win. And most of it centers around Jordan Love. Jordan Love is bad. He's awful. So from what I've seen on social, really all Jordan Love has to do is not trip over the 50-yard line when he's jogging in pregame warm-ups, and the game should be a success. And, and I think Jordan Love is going to be fine. I think Jordan Love is a fine quarterback. I think Jordan Love... Is he? I think he's an NFL caliber quarterback, and I think he honestly, I honestly believe he can lead the Packers to victory, and I think he will. So, quick talking about the Kansas City Chiefs. Very odd team this year. Pat Mahomes is an interception machine so far this year, uh, but their offense is still pretty good. They still have a very good offense. The problem is Mahomes is throwing more turnover. Uh, worthy b- balls this year, and guys are getting their hands on it, and it's becoming it's getting intercepted. 
And Mahomes is making a lot of poor decisions with the football as well, trying to force things and get away with things he's gotten away with in the past. And this year, it has not been working. But that offense with Mahomes, with Tyreek Hill, with uh, Kelsey, um, that, that, it is still a very dangerous offense. Now, the issues with the Kansas City Chiefs offense is their, with, is their offensive line. Um, can, can the Chiefs give Mahomes enough time to pick on a battered Packers secondary? Kevin King should play. Um, Douglas has been incredible. Eric Stokes has been up and down, not as much down, but he's been up and down as a rookie. And they're also missing one of their corners uh, due to COVID as well. I know he wasn't very good, but still. Depth is hit with that latest uh, issue with COVID as well. But the question is, can Kansas City's offensive line keep Mahomes upright enough to allow him to attack a battered secondary of the Green Bay Packers? And I don't think they can. I have not seen anything from the Kansas City Chiefs offensive line so far this season that shows me that they could keep him upright enough. Um, You have Kenny Clark, who is playing an incredible football right now, dominating up front. You have Rashawn Gary, who has been outstanding this season, getting pressure and hurries on the quarterback. Preston Smith, he's back. And Merkulis, he's a guy who's been pretty good getting pressure as well. Now the Packers are going to be missing uh, Kinsley Kiki due to uh, concussion, and Dean Lowry's dealing with the hamstring issue. But overall, I think the Packers' front seven can play fairly well and do, do pretty decent against this Kansas City offense. Uh, and then let's not forget about Campbell, the defensive player of the month for the month of October, Campbell has been playing, DeAndre Campbell has been playing some great football after since week one, and he has been a godsend to this defense, which makes this, gives this defense more of an identity. It makes the defense overall much better, top to bottom, and he, makes, he gives this defense the nasty that they've been lacking. They're attacking the ball carriers. They're attacking the blockers instead of fighting off the be- uh, blockers and allowing the ball carrier to get to them. So Packers defensively, I feel comfortable being able to slow down the Kansas City Chiefs offense with pressure on Mahomes, and they should get some interceptions or force some bad passes that could get intercepted by Mahomes. Um, On the flip side, Packers offensively, um, without Aaron Rodgers, they have Jordan Love starting. They do have Devontae Adams back. MVS should be back. Alan Lazard is back. They, they're without Ta- Tunyon. I haven't heard one way or the other if Bakhtiari is going to be activated or not for this game. They have till next week, Wednesday, I want to say, to activate him, or he's lost for the season. Uh, but I haven't heard anything about him. But you still have Aaron Jones. You still have A.J. Dillon. And as I mentioned, Adams, MVS, and Lazard are all back. Um, I think the Packers have an offense, even with Jordan Love, and his. you don't know exactly what he is. He looked good in preseason. He was able to move the football, just not able to finish drives. But he was doing that. He was doing that without 
the starters anywhere on this anywhere on the anywhere except you know John Runyon who's your starting left guard right now he was playing a lot of snaps in the preseason as was um uh your your right your right guard as well um they were getting a lot of snaps but he didn't have any offensive skill guys who were starters playing really at all and he had great success with Devin Funches so that should be you know, Lazard's a similar receiver and body style to Funches, so that should definitely work in Lazard's favor. And I think the Packers offensively will be fine. And here's why I feel this way. I think the Packers offensively will be fine because I trust Matt LaFleur. I trust that Matt LaFleur is going to put together an offensive game plan that is going to move the football effectively on the Kansas City Chiefs, whose defense is just atrocious. They are 30th in EPA per play and 31st in DVOA, if you're an analytics guy. Um, In the NFL, they're ranked 29th, ranked pass defense by EPA per play, 30th by DVOA, the run defense, 29th EPA. And the Packers can definitely move the football against this team. The thing is, you have to play a style similar to what you did against the Cardinals after those first two drives, where you ball control, rely heavily on your running backs, check down passes, get the ball into your playmaker's hands quickly, and let them make plays. That's what the Packers need to do. Because if this game becomes a shootout, this game becomes... Mahomes uh, able to move the ball at will, and the Packers have to now try to keep up against a very good Kansas City offense. The Packers don't have the firepower with Love in there, I don't feel, to keep up with a strong offensive attack of the Chiefs. But if they're able to slow the game down, keep Mahomes on the sidelines, pressure him when he is on the field, frustrate him, the Packers can win, and I think they will win. I think the Packers will, because another thing we've seen from the floor, when there's a crap ton of of adversity, he finds a way to win. He's 13-3 and his rookie year. Everybody talked about how it's all luck. Um, They've won a lot of games by seven points or less his rookie year. Going into year two, most people were talking about how he was going to regress and they're probably going to be closer to an eight or nine win team because they're not going to be as healthy and not going to catch all the breaks they did his first year. Instead, he goes 13-3 and again. And then this season, everyone has been trying to find every excuse in the book to talk about how he's not going to be as successful again this year. Which, you know, because they're not going to stay as healthy a third year in a row, which that part has been correct. But LaFleur has been able to find ways to win football games. He's been able to find ways to move the football without Devontae, without Alan Lazard, without MVS. He's been able to find ways to move the football. He did it last year without Aaron Jones, and they were successful. So I have all the trust in the world in Matt LaFleur that he is going to be able to put together a game plan and execute the game plan to lead the Packers to victory on Sunday against the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think the Packers win, probably be a lower-scoring game than most expect. Probably similar to what we saw in Arizona, 24-21, 
27-24, somewhere in that range with a Packer victory. That's what I think was going to happen. So call me crazy, call me a homer, call me stupid, call me what you want, but the Packers will get the victory on Sunday against the Chiefs. Now jumping around the rest of the NFL, uh, Sunday Night Football, we saw Jonathan Taylor run all over the New York Jets, and the Colts won 45-30 in a high-scoring game. Uh, moving on to some of the other games, you have the Las Vegas Raiders against the New York Football Giants, and the Raiders are another team like the Packers. It seems like they have a different kind of drama every single week, and unfortunately this week's drama is caused by the carelessness of now former Raider wide receiver Henry Ruggs, who drove home twice the legal limit, driving at reckless speeds and 150 at one point, 157, and crashed into a car going about 127, killing a lady and her dog, and he's now facing tons of jail time. Earlier this year is John Gruden's emails being uh, being published that he had sent some pretty disgusting things, and they've been able to stay with the ship, uh, staying center. And I think we see the Raiders continue to deal with the unfortunate circumstances that have happened off the field for them, the latest being Henry Ruggs killing a woman. And I think the Raiders uh, beat the Giants. It's always tough flying across the country, um, but I think the Raiders find a way to beat the Giants in an ugly game, and it probably comes down to a last-second field goal. Atlanta and the Saints. Um, the Saints just had a huge win against Tampa Bay losing their starting quarterback of Jameis Winston for the year with a torn ACL and then some. Simeon getting his uh, first start with the Saints. And the Falcons, who have not been a very good football team this year, but here's a game I think Atlanta wins. The Saints have that high from winning against Tampa Bay, and I think Atlanta catches them slacking a little bit as this is a game the Saints should win easily. And I think the Saints uh, lose, though, and the Falcons steal a victory. Buffalo and Jacksonville. I think Buffalo wins that game. I think it's going to be close early. But second half, Buffalo uh, pulls away and wins by double digits. The Battle of Ohio, which used to be the Battle of Horrible Teams, now is the Battle of a pretty good Bengals team against a decent Browns team. And the Browns, a lot of off-field drama the past few weeks with Odell Beckham. Uh, I think Cincinnati rolls this game easily and wins by double digits. Panthers and the Patriots. I think the Patriots get a victory over Carolina, who should have McCaffrey back, but their quarterback, Donald, is dealing with a concussion. He may A shoulder injury, I mean. He may or may not play. He's probably going to be a game-time decision. I think the Patriots get the win. Cowboys versus the Broncos. I think the Cowboys get the victory. Um, I think they dominate this game from start to finish. And Vikings and the Ravens. Ravens get the victory. Uh, Vikings having to fly to the East Coast, 12 p.m. start Central Time. I think the Ravens get the victory there. Uh, Miami should finally get a victory since they're playing the god-awful Houston Texans squad. Uh, the Eagles steal one against the Chargers. Uh as the Chargers are flying across the country, I think the Eagles sneak up and steal a victory from them. I already talked earlier in the show about the Packers-Chiefs, but for those that didn't catch that because you're fast-forwarding through, 
Packers beat the uh, Chiefs by three or four points. I think the 49ers upset the Cardinals. You have a hobbled uh, quarterback, and I think the 49ers steal a victory. I think the Rams uh, totally destroy the Tennessee Titans on Sunday night football, and I think Pittsburgh gets the victory over the Bears. So before I do let you go, uh, just kind of give you a, a, you know, talk some, you know, Bucks fans, talk you off the ledge a little bit. The Bucks are going to be okay. You know, we're eight games into the season. Uh, I think, we're four, no, nine games into the season. They're four and five. And they've got a ton of injuries right now. Middleton's with COVID. Uh, Lopez hasn't played since game one. Holiday just came back from being injured. Dante hasn't seen the floor yet. The Bucks are going to be fine. They're they're playing extremely undermanned against pretty good football teams like like the uh, – I mean, pretty good basketball teams like the New York Knicks. The Bucks will be fine. We just got to be patient. We just have to understand that they're not able to get any uh, strong rotations going because you don't really know what the rotations are due to the injuries. So next week, I'm going to hopefully recap a Packer victory over the Chiefs. I'm going to preview a Packer game against the Seahawks. And as the hot stove in baseball starts heating up, Garcia opts out. Jackie Bradley Jr. opts in. Nick Castellanos opts out. Um, I'm going to talk about the Brewers and some possible targets the Brewers should look into potentially to improve their club for 2022. With that said, I want to thank you all for listening to the show. Uh, thank you. appreciate you all. And I think, um, I, again, I just want to say thank you so much for uh, listening to the show. And I'll get back at you hopefully with my my live stream next week um, as I uh, recap, hopefully, a like I said, a Packer victory. Have a good rest of your weekend, everybody.